0: Beans and Gravy is back again. Last episode, we met a mystery man to the new Moneyball League. Tonight, we're continuing that theme. We're going to talk with someone. Everybody knows who he is. Few have spoken to or gotten to interact with. But we're going to grill them. Beans and Gravy. Craig speaks. Let's do it. All right, let's do take two on this intro. Veans and gravy, season two, episode two. Uh, what a great, great time of year it is in the Moneyball League. Normally, after we've uh, established who's everyone's keepers are, we have a draft date. Everyone eagerly waits uh, to look at their email to see if uh, a message from Jake pops up, giving us Craig's rankings on, on who the top and the worst uh, keepers are going into the draft, but be it that we have a pod now, Gravy, what a better way to release that information on the pod.
1: You know, new year, new me. I've, I've had a bad relationship with Craig in the past, um, hopefully trying to freshen things up. I was looking for that email today, too, but instead, I found the goat, Jake Anderson, who we can ask some questions to.
0: Welcome to the welcome third time on the Pod are ready. Welcome to the pod, the goat, the commish, Jake Anderson. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you
2: guys?
1: Good. Good. Finally finally got a draft date set it seems like. How how was that for you the commish to juggle?
2: Yeah, you know, um I was thinking about this and I was thinking of, of all the things, you know, we've tried to agree on as a league. Um, This might be the thing that that just about brought us to our knees, is trying to find four hours where 15 now guys can, uh, you know, be away from their families and uh, focus on baseball at, you know, whether late at night, early in the morning, on a weekend. Um, I mean, we, we did COVID rules, we added divisions and playoff spots and roster positions, and that was way easier than this. This was for me. This was truly terrible.
0: So taking into account this scheduling nightmare, so where do we currently sit on, on draft date and, uh, you know, what are some of the complications that we're going to be running into?
2: Well, uh, as, as probably people know, uh, Durst is going to be um, in, like, the wilderness drafting, uh, you know, like, like uh, Little House on the Prairie, but with hopefully Wi-Fi and so Tuesday at um, what is it? I should know the exact time, but I think 7 p.m. Central uh, will be will be drafting. And you know, Durst is going to arrive to the Airbnb that day and find out if he has Wi-Fi. If for some reason he doesn't, it's not a workable situation. Then we're going to have to um, we're going to have to figure it out after that. I'm really banking on it working at this point. Um, I mean. I don't have an answer for what we do afterwards. We put out the date of uh, Saturday, that that Saturday, but or Sunday. I think I don't think that's going to work. Um, I think we'll we'll see what we can do. The the offsetting fire schedules is very difficult, so we might have to end up going into April if it doesn't work. Um, like in past the season start, which Guru has has made his uh, claim that he he doesn't want to draft after that. So so. Doesn't matter good when you except after that. So,
1: Jake, you said Tuesday, um, but I'm looking at it. I believe when, you it's, when's Wednesday the 23rd, right? It's seven. Yeah,
2: <laughs> is it really?
1: Yeah, Wednesday when's the, the 23rd. 23rd. It's,
2: seven. it's the 23rd. God damn okay. it. Yeah, anyway, Jesus, it's the 23rd. No misinformation <laughs> for people. It's the 23rd, 23rd,
1: 7 um, p.m. 7 p.m. Standard time.
2: Yeah, this whole thing was like a window into everybody's lives. Like, I realized, you know, Jeff, you and I have essentially no life because any <laughs> day will work. <laughs> like yeah. Any day. Just tell me. That's, that's me why we're the top two is. in
1: this league, Jake. That's why we're the top yeah. two in this league.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Sad, isn't it? Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So so speaking of rankings, uh, as Jeff has just so eloquently given himself second stature in the league because he can <laughs> draft at any point, which makes yes. Completely no sense.
1: I'm gonna add uh, but, that to the rankings,
0: but I'm gonna I'm gonna let that one slide and uh, and move into uh, the topic at hand, uh, keeper rankings. So traditionally, after we've uh, the keeper deadline set and everyone submits their six keepers uh, to the league, uh, you go ahead and take those keepers and uh, you consult with your friend Craig and you generate some rankings that we usually release uh, via an email, but what a better way to do that on beans and gravy. What do you say?
2: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Wait, Craig's here.
1: This is incredible.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to read out his rankings. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So we're going to go bottom to top. Okay. And, uh, and I'll kind of give you, I'll get kind of give you tiers um, and of, of what it looks like. And then uh, we can we can discuss it from there. So um, at the bottom, sad to say, uh, we have Nick Bopes. Um, he's kind of in a tier by himself as the only uh, person with actually generating negative value out of his keepers.
1: Maybe me and Craig um, are going to get along. I like this start. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then next uh, we have kind of a tier uh, near the bottom of. Uh, O'Shea at 13, Jensen at 12, and Guru at uh, 11. So um, that's kind of a very minimal value out of the keepers at that section, but you know at least above zero. Um, then you have a like a relatively large tier in the middle. So um, you've got Veenstra, uh myself at nine, uh, Jeff, you're at eight, huh. Derek at seven, uh, and then the new combo, DPD and uh, Matt coming in at six. So uh, Matt already bringing, the, uh, bringing things up for, for team DPD. I guess. And then for after that, there's kind of a, like now we're into the top five. So um, you're looking at another tier of three that are pretty close. You've got Grant at five, Beatles at four. Now, Beatles before the Tatis injury, would have been number one. But that brought him his value down considerably as far as keepers. Um, it, when you look at the totality of a season, um, so that, it factors in a full season, not necessarily week to week, because when Tatis is back, it's a different story. Um, and then you've got Shaw, Ryan Shaw, rather at, uh, number three. So those, those three are pretty close. And then you've got the top two, which are also incredibly close. So you've got coming in at number two, uh, coming in at number two last season as well. You have Greg Durst and then, uh, number one, maybe for the first time in the Craig rankings ever, Tyler Vandertye, number one with a bullet. So that's kind of how it, how it all shakes out. What, what Craig came back with.
1: So Tyler pretty clear cut number one.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it would have been Beatles if he would have had a healthy tatis.
2: Yep. Yep. They would have been neck and neck with mm. a, uh, with a healthy tatis.
1: Very interesting.
0: So that's interesting. So the ta- the Tatis injury, Basically, uh, shot Vitals down almost into a, a his own, an additional tier, you know, just by that surgery potentially costing him about Tatis about three months, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, Tatis's stats are incredible. I mean, you just look at them and it's it's unbelievable. Like like to think. So you take half of that, now you get half of it. I mean, now you're just kind of a a good player. Like you're not even a bad player. Half a year at Tatis is still better than most. Like it's probably middle of the pack for a player, which is incredible in and of itself.
1: This is assuming he stays off motorcycles. Very controversial uh, topic.
2: I mean, who knows, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah.
0: So not to uh, not to divulge too much of uh, Craig's uh, secret sauce, but um, you know, particularly when you had 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 Bobes ranked as the 14th, you know in terms of keeper value I think at its surface if you look at his team I mean he's almost I would say has the best start to the team um, based off kind of the bankable commodities he has on offense and you know two pretty high upside pitchers at not terrible values is that one of those things where Craig just values having additional auction dollars or kind of what's that what's the formula that would kick someone with six pretty strong players into that that 14th spot
2: Yeah, so it's really about relative value. So like, it's not saying that the stats generated by the six keepers compared, it's not a, it's not ranking that it's ranking how much you're paying for your keeper compared to how much value they'll create over the season. So essentially it's like, you know, if you have Fernando Tatis Jr. at $11 and let's say he's worth. I don't have the number right off the top of my head, but let's say he's worth 60. You've just captured, you've just essentially generated $50, $49 of uh, auction, like value that you can now spend on other players. So it's it's really a measure of like what you said, auction dollars created basically um, by having a low salary base. And so Knicks players, a lot of them have high salaries. And in theory, you're paying at or actually slightly above what their value would be um, under, normal, under a full re, if you did a full redraft or a re auction. So,
0: if, if you look at like Shaw has really good keepers uh, in terms of Craig's rankings. And so, if we kind of look at like two comparable players, like Tyler O'Neill, who's not nearly as good as Aaron Judge, assuming he can play all of his games. But the fact that even though Aaron Judge at thirty dollars seems like a pretty good deal, the fact that Tyler O'Neill's five dollars and maybe could potentially provide eighty percent of the production of Judge, uh, you know, that looks in, in Craig's mind as as a way as a solid keeper compared to a, an okay keeper.
2: Yes, exactly. So so you're anytime you have like a one dollar kind of player, even if even if it's a one dollar player that's like a fifteen dollar player normally, and you have them for a buck that's a pretty good keeper in craig's mind i would say if there's a weakness in the uh, rankings if you wanted to nitpick i would say it's it doesn't factor in perhaps like track record you know so like if you think of a player you get for a dollar they probably don't have a really long track record because how did you get them for a dollar if they were already good um so so there's a little bit of that like expectation they're going to be good but you know, Aaron Judge or, or certain players that you have a track record of, you might, in theory, give them a higher weighting. That's not done here. It's just uh, simply what we think people would pay in the auction for them or should pay compared to what you've been able to get them for.
1: So the cheap guys pay out again. You get the high Craig ranking and you get their value in the league. What a double dose.
2: Yeah, exactly. There you go. Jeff are you uh
0: Jeff are you surprised at where you're at in the rankings
1: um I mean I always (laughs) consider a guy this is the best keepers I think I've ever had and I only come in in the uh middle tier in that eighth spot there yeah I'm a little disappointed um you know but me and Craig have had a checkered pass before so I'm not surprised if he holds some slights against me and and put some things in his calculations you know to cost me so no surprise uh, I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit
0: surprised. Uh, Derek's keepers. I thought he would be a little bit higher, higher ranked. looks like he's about in the middle of the pack, but I thought he did a really good job at the uh, deadline last year and kind of felt he would be, um, closer to that top tier compared to the middle. I'm a little shocked by that.
3: Yeah. yeah I, I, I would agree. Kind of,
1: like,
2: go ahead. Go. No, no, please, please.
1: Well, I, the big one to me that jumped out was Jensen. Um, just looking at his keepers, he had three guys that, I mean, who knows if they're even going to get at bats this year. You don't even know. So I was surprised to see him, you know, be not the bottom, I guess.
2: Yeah, that's another little nuance of the the Craig model. So it it does, uh, so, so it doesn't account for, true negative value players so in other words like you know athlete rushman and the and um torkelson and those guys they're they're actually like projected to have negative value um meaning you could you could find like a replacement player better than them uh and it what it doesn't do is assign that negative value to your team because it just basically assumes you're not going to start them uh, and generate the negative value. So it just leaves it at zero. So if you put it, you'd be honest, if you put all the negative value in, then Jensen would be at the bottom.
0: Interesting, Jeff, any uh, any additional insights into uh, Jake's rankings or any questions you have for Jake?
1: Um, no real questions, Just uh, just looking at it, you know, the, the names get jumbled every year. So like, you know, keepers do matter. And one thing I like to look at was Tyler worst team last year, uh, record wise comes out number one in Craig's rankings. So clearly Tyler did a good job at that deadline, which we all kind of assumed, but it's kind of nice to see it play out here.
0: Yeah. It's kind of the, it's kind of the cycle. Hopefully that most teams follow in this league. If you have a rough season uh, you got to identify that you got to strengthen your team and make it, Uh, as strong as you can for the following year and you know honestly tyler did it probably earlier than we'd ever seen done in our league but uh you know he was early middle and towards the end he also was improving his team uh so it it looks like it could potentially pay off dividends for him going into the draft this year uh, with a good chance to have one of the top teams out there
1: jake i i am curious um have you ever ran anything with your preseason rankings compared to how the season ended have you ever done anything with those numbers?
2: Not, I have kind of glanced at it before. And, um, you know, I'll say this, it, it really, it's not as predictive as you'd think. Uh, like you, you would think that, I mean, just, just on the surface, say Tyler's keepers this year. I think whether you have an algorithm or not, you look at those keepers and anyone would take their, his keepers. You know what I mean? That's just a, it's a great, a great set of players at a low cost but there's just so much that goes into a season that's like one element then you have to auction properly then you have to um you have to make moves during the year you have to make trades or make moves i mean i i don't know of i don't think there's ever been a year where a team has won the championship without making some sort of um some sort of big trade at the deadline a big name moving to their team at the deadline and so all of those things combined to get to the to the final uh end of the year um i i'm actually surprised at how often the, the team that looks like their keepers are unstoppable doesn't even isn't even one of the top one or two teams in the regular season um so yeah it's just there's so much there's only six keepers so still a lot of team to build from here sure
0: yeah. And I think that's interesting that that also kind of speaks to the difficulty of this league. There's many, many components to it. There's the setting yourself up with keepers. There's the, the, the right selection of keepers going into the season, uh, you know, doing a good job on your draft. And then that in-season management, I think that there's a variety of people that kind of have expertise in, in different areas in those, but you got to kind of marry them all together um, if you ultimately want to be super successful. And, and honestly, Jake, I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why uh, you've been one of the the top managers and the top manager in our league is I feel like you, know, you, you really excel in a lot of those areas, make the right keeper choice, uh, you know, have strong drafts and then ultimately manage the the league
2: well uh, during the season. So kudos to you. Yeah. Thanks. No, it's uh... I mean, yeah, there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into it. And of course, there's the element of luck. I mean, if I look at last year, Vito's team, he was, I mean, he was on, (laughs) he was ready to rip through the playoffs and then the, the injuries just crushed him. So like, uh, I, yeah, there's that also that last element you can't control, which is, which is luck. So, Yeah it's uh but keepers i mean keepers do matter for sure and it also helps with your draft strategy right like you know you have extra dollars you can take more risks or or go after some of these guys at the top of the the pool and so um so yeah this is a big part of it but yeah there's there's plenty more season to go
0: well you mentioned it keepers matter keeper rankings sort of matter uh you know, We've been talking to uh, Jake Anderson, Anderson the, the handler of Craig, uh, a confidant of Craig. But Jeff kind of prematurely uh, let this little surprise out of the bag, which, which not the first sh- time yeah, I've done that. Not, not shocking. Um, I am a- <laughs> however, uh, we are not alone on this podcast. It's not just beans, gravy, and the goat uh, yucking it up about keepers. We have a special surprise guest uh, making his first appearance on the pod and, and realistically his first appearance And other than rankings that are emailed from from Jake uh, we have a special guest here now let's let's grill him on his keeper rankings right now gravy welcome to the
3: podcast Craig Craig how oh, are you man this guy. glad to be here It is about time you had more content for the non-biological demographic.
1: Oh, Craig, Uh, so nice to meet you. Um, You know, they oftentimes say you should never meet your heroes. Well, I'm not meeting mine right now, but um, we do have some questions for you. So uh, I'm curious, you know, hot topic right now, kind of tough to ask human beings this, but I'm curious, what's, uh, what's your current VAC status?
3: I have the latest version of Norton Antivirus and I'm allowed in Yankee Stadium.
1: Oh, so Craig can play. That's a good thing, I suppose. So we we had the other day, we had uh, another new uh, league member that we were able to interview, uh, Matt. So, you know, taking the time with you here, um, we learned a lot about Matt. One thing we learned about him is he's a wrestling fan. Uh, Craig, are you a wrestling fan by chance?
3: wrestling is for
1: imbeciles did you know it isn't real well i, I don't know if we 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 should address this uh, people call it fake i've seen people get mad about this uh uh kyle you got anything you want to
0: bounce off of them it looks like the rivalry is going to continue right you guys are always butting heads when it comes to, to rankings uh you know now um one of your passion projects your loves uh craig just threw uh oil. Does does he have oil in him? I have no idea. All over that idea, but just
1: just uh, hearing his voice makes me sick.
0: I can tell. I can tell. Well, something something that a lot of people have wondered is, you know, Craig, you uh, you spend a lot of time optimizing Jake's team, uh, you know, due to the results Jake's had. I assume that's almost a full-time job. I know that you also dabble in in Bitcoin uh, mining for it, but you Know in your spare time, uh, you know, do you have any love interest? Are, are you currently dating anybody, Craig?
3: That girl robot from Wally, <laughs> the girl robot from Wally,
1: she's got a name, Craig Eva. Come on,
0: doesn't uh, it doesn't even matter for him. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's straight to the point. Um, we've also heard that there's a, a, a pretty competitive, uh, robot fantasy league out there. Uh, what's your take on two of what we've heard are some of the, the better fantasy players, robot fantasy players out there, uh, head to head. Who's the better fantasy, uh, baseball robot. Is it, uh, Rob, the Nintendo robot, uh, or that, uh, robot from, uh, Rocky four. Rob, the Nintendo robot is
3: better at everything.
1: I'm glad to see you're humble and can admit some of these things, uh, Craig. So um, a couple things, you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of learning about you. I don't care enough about you to even have this discussion after putting me eighth in the rank, rankings. Um, I am curious though, who you picked for uh, what you feel is the best team in the league.
3: Tyler Vanderdy has the best keepers I project that if Tyler continues to start tanking in May, in five years, he will have keepers so strong he will not require any other players. Oh, my.
1: Good prog- prognostication.
3: Yeah, so he, he he liked the strategy.
0: He wants him to continue tanking for a few more years, uh, a la the Cubs maybe, uh, and it will uh, eventually uh, yield a dividend of a, a World Series. So uh, Craig is a very, very wise uh man machine thing um so craig we talked we were talking about the top of the the, the keeper rankings uh let's get a little bit input on the, the bottom of your rankings uh give us a little bit of insight into uh the, the team or teams that had uh in your mind uh the worst keepers from an overall perspective nick books would have been
3: better off keeping no one than overpaying <laughs> for the current group of keepers
1: Oh, man. All right. Just when I think I'm losing you, Craig, you lure me back in by bad mouth and both I like that. Um, so, okay. Teams wise. Yeah. Who, who, who have you felt are like the best individual players? Like what players do you like?
3: Bob Bichette is the top keeper by a sizable margin. Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez and Luis Robert are also excellent.
0: And that would uh, that would that would track with the uh, the keeper rankings right a lot of those individual keepers are on some of the best overall teams, so that makes some sense. All right, Craig let- let's hurt some feelings uh, looking at those individual keepers uh, who did you disagree with uh, some teams keeping from an individual player perspective.
3: It pains me to say my biological creator Jake, chose to ignore my advice and keep price Harper. This is the worst value. Other notable bad picks include Ozzy Alpies, Corey Seeker, and DJ LeMahieu. And also, Eric Jensen's stable of rookie hitters. He wants to be the next Greg Durst, but there is only one Greg Durst. And he is my nemesis.
1: (laughs) I I swear I thought I heard you say DJ LeMahieu, but uh, maybe that was lost in translation a little bit. Um, So, yeah, you mentioned DJ LeMahieu. Why don't we just go full in here, uh, Craig? And why don't you just give me your thoughts, opinions, anything you might have on my team?
3: Jeff Graves has terrible keepers and based on his internet history, also enjoys cartoon pornography.
1: Craig, um, that's my own personal business and I don't believe uh, you should be hacking into the computers that I may or may not use. So, um, hmm. You know, I didn't like you to begin with. I don't like you now. Um, I wish this conversation never would have happened. Um, Kyle, I'm sure you'll clean up that part about his uh, clearly lies and comments that he just spewed. Uh, make sure you do that, would you please?
0: Uh, you know, I, I don't know if those claims are substantiated or unsubstantiated. I'm not even going to go there. Thank and uh, how he just destroyed your team and you're actually keepers are ranked ahead of mine. I have no intention of asking him what he thinks of my keepers. Uh, that that sounds like a scary proposition and quite frankly this uh, this podcast has gotten a little bit awkward with the tension between uh, gravy and craig so i think we're better off just putting a uh putting a, a bow on this uh, this podcast before it gets any more weird but uh, i i do want to thank uh, jake uh, for taking time out of his uh busy day of trying to figure us out a, a day to draft i'm a little bit nervous he has probably the 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 date and the uh and the actual day of week wrong right now potentially who knows uh but we'll clear that up here in the next couple days but jake seriously thanks for making time thanks for releasing craig's uh rankings to the world on beans and gravy uh what a great tip of the hat to this amazing podcast i want to thank craig for uh taking time out of his day to Bash Graves and, and the rest of us in the league appreciate that. Um, Graves, no more sparring with Craig. Uh, any additional comments before we close out?
1: Yeah, ju- just make sure you edit that stuff out.
0: Yeah, wink, wink. Jake, any last things to say? Appreciate you hopping on the goat.
2: What's up? Yeah, uh, no, it was great being here, and really looking forward to whatever day it is, the 23rd, uh, <laughs> to do the auction.
1: All right, we'll see you boys Wednesday. Not you, Craig.
0: Thanks, everyone. What a truly fascinating and frightening episode of Beans and Gravy. We popped the hood, took a peek inside of what makes Craig tick, and we found out homeboy just owns souls. Equally terrifying, our commissioner's not even quite sure what day we're drafting. A lot of confusion there, so that bodes well for a a seamless draft. Uh, But a lot of fun tonight. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And always, always remember to keep banging.